0: It's Natasha
1: and it's your man Khalil aka K-Man Nurse
0: and we are the co-hosts of
1: Woke, Woke and Free. Free.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to our fifth episode of Woke and Free. If you've been joining our conversation for the past couple of weeks, you know that Woke and Free is all about being real and honest with each other and you. And we're talking about everything and anything that's important to us, to you, and the world. And nothing is off the table. In this episode, we will be talking about the very deep question of how to find the one. Yes, the one. A friend of mine suggested this topic, and we were super excited to bring it to you to talk about it on
1: Woken Woke and Free. And Free.
0: So we ask for you to do the following. First, subscribe to Woken Free if you haven't already on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Share the episode with your friends and family. Talk to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Woken Free. Plus, you'll also find us on YouTube.
1: You probably know by now that every week we like to share a little bit about us before we dive into this week's topic. So last week we shared our three favorite songs and food we'd like if we were on a deserted island and not the type of island that actually has desserts such as ice cream, (laughs) but an actual island with no people. But this week we're gonna share our favorite types of transportation. So sweetheart, what are your favorites?
0: Oh my, okay, so I think I might surprise you. First, obviously teleportation. Uh, Because is there any other better way to travel? I think not.
1: Of course not, especially when you're doing it Star Trek style. (laughs) That's like the best way. Beam me up, Scotty.
0: Exactly. That's the type of life I live. Uh, (laughs) Second, Bob the Driver. No, I'm joking. Uh, Right now we don't have a driver, but we definitely will, I'm sure, at some point. But his name
1: probably won't be Bob.
0: I hope it is, actually. (laughs) (laughs) and uh and you know why and and, uh i enjoy the idea of sleeping in the back of this vehicle that we'll be in or motor vehicle (laughs) (laughs) as bob drives us to uh the roundabout places that we're going to and then third i would say the best type of transportation is driving my own car shout out to mazda hey Uh, I like yeah I like long drives I like when I'm able to drive up to Canada to hang out with my Canadian family shout out to Tori James Williams who's the incredible producer of new and the amazing Williams family and I also do a lot of traveling when I go and I talk at schools and conferences and libraries and I get to sing to the beloved Whitney Houston who I love and will always miss.
1: Mine are a little bit different than yours. <laughs> so, the, the first form of transportation that'd be my favorite is definitely jetpack because flying at the speed of sound really gets that adrenaline flowing. Exactly. The only bad part about the jetpack is catching bugs in your teeth. That's so, disgusting. I'd say you probably got to wear a mask or something.
0: That's horrific.
1: Yeah, but people usually forget to <laughs> wear their masks. Just watch those people flying the jetpacks. They put goggles on, but their mouths are just blowing in the wind.
0: Is that what they did in the Jetsons? Is was that... No, there's oh. people that
1: actually use jetpacks. i this isn't some
0: Where the hell are they going?
1: Just flying around, just messing around. Like
0: human android <laughs> or like the droids in the no, air? Like... There's actual I'll
1: show I mean I can show you some footage, but there are there are forms of jetpacks that people use.
0: Fascinating. And
1: there's one that you think you can buy, it's like a quarter of a million dollars.
0: Gangster. But that one
1: is not I mean it's not really cool. You can't like do like flips and somersaults. Okay. It kind of just goes up vertically, and you gotta be very careful with it because it's super heavy. But I, I'd, I'd okay. want one of the jetpacks that are portable that you can just like bring with you on the bus.
0: Gotcha. Uh, so it's gonna be an interesting Christmas, I see. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: <laughs> okay. So then my
1: second form is motorcycling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a motorcycle, and I love feeling like the environments around me, and that 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 to me is like a great way to travel. Just having all the air around you and not being caged, you know. A lot of these people like being in their sacred cage, otherwise known as a car. But yeah. with the motorcycle, you know, you don't get that caged feeling. You get that open and free feeling that we like to do at Woke and Free. Mm-hmm. We love to be free, so motorcycling's great.
0: God forbid people actually keep their arms and legs while they transport from point A to point B. You yeah. can keep
1: all that. You just don't need a cage around you. Why do you want to be like a caged beast just because you're on wheels? doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: The only good part about other forms of motor vehicle is you can carry a lot of people on it. But technically the motorcycle, if you go to certain countries, I've seen five people on one bicycle, so. Okay, stop
0: being ridiculous. Claude.
1: It is possible to, to <laughs> use, you know, a motorcycle to transport goods and people around. It is possible. You just gotta be a little bit creative.
0: Never converting me. Next.
1: So my last one is jet skiing. So we probably know that 71% of the world is covered by water, mm. and that's according to the USGS, because I didn't know the specific number. I thought it was 80, oh, okay. but it's specifically 71%. Mm. So to me, that, that means it's very convenient to use for travel. It's everywhere, right? It's mm-hmm. all around you. And if you haven't heard, a pers- uh, heard of a personal watercraft, you need to. There's nothing like hitting waves and splashing water in your face.
0: That's an interesting image it's having to be.
1: nothing feels like it though it's it's a great feeling it's 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 having the environment around you but this time it's all water okay all right you get air too but i'd say like you know this this form i I mean this could be my second favorite form because Mm -hmm. it's a little bit better than motorcycling because yeah now you get water around you as well instead of just gravel like that that's the problem with motorcycle you have air around you and then you have the ground Mm. with the jet ski you got the air around you and then you have the water Mm -hmm. so you know you can just take a dive whenever you want those are my three
0: all right i think we're gonna whisk you and our audience onto <laughs> the topic for today and we again are talking about how to find the one and to do that first let's take a step back right because in order to talk about this subject we need to first talk about what is love since it is woken free, and free. So according to psychologist, Dr. Barbara Friedrichson, in an article that you can find on greatest.com, which no worries, you'll find the link in the episode on WokenFree.com. She defines love as a neurobiological response. She refers to as a micro moment of positivity resonance. Essentially, she is saying that love is a charge of emotional electricity between people that can be observed Physiologically, These moments can be shared between any two people, romantic partners, friends, relatives, even strangers. And she elaborates in this article to explain the science really behind love. More specifically, she says that the feelings of love can be chalked up to mirror neurons, oxytocin, and vagal tone, or the measurement of heart rate in relationship to breathing rate.
1: So a quick tip on that vagal tone. This is a, a Wikipedia summary that I just looked up really quick. That vagal tone is actually just a nerve that runs from the brain to the heart. Hmm,
0: interesting, okay. And, uh, you know, Friedrichsen communicates essentially when two people are connecting, people's neural firings come into synchrony across widespread areas of the brain. And then minutes later, they show synchrony in surges of oxytocin, the neuropeptide implicated in bonding. And in other words, love essentially is the connection that can actually happen at first sight. Isn't that something? And, you know, really, if you really want to read more about it, definitely go on to WokenFree.com to click on the link to the article and you can read all about
1: the science of love it's great to know the science behind love which explains how our emotions work but what about the types of love that people actually have when i think of love i think back to what i was told in high school Mm -hmm. they told us that ancient greeks had six definitions for the word love Mm. eros named after the greek god of fertility is the sexual love that so's have for each other this type of love is portrayed in all types of media in a fantasized manner
0: so defined that for our folks
1: Oh, uh, well, if you haven't heard previous episodes, it's Significant Other. Mm-hmm. And I did define that at that point. But <laughs> just in case, if you're just stepping in now, because yes. some people skip the, the first version of the movie and they jump right into the sequel. And sometimes that's a good idea.
0: You're you're digressing, sir.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the second form is philia. And forgive me if I'm saying that wrong. I mean, I don't... I'm not Greek, so... Mm-hmm. I might be not pronouncing that right, mm-hmm. but that that's a deep friendship, not like the thousands of bots that are on the internet, or like the friends that you gain on social media. But it's true friends who actually make sacrifices for you in times of need.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So the third one is ludus. That's a playful love, like teenagers flirting and teasing, as me and my wife Eve done, and you know we do. Done.
0: It. We do it every minute of the day. <laughs> <laughs> just like
1: teenagers, yep, just like that. Not mature in any way. Playful love, yep, exactly. So then the uh, fourth one is agape, and a lot of people may know this one or at least heard of this one. So this love is the type of love that you have for everyone. It also can be thought of, like, as empathy, which, by the way, is said to be on the decline for the past 30 years, according to the Scientific American. Interesting. The fifth one is long-standing love. So that's the kind of love that, is, that happens between a married couple.
0: Mm, okay.
1: So it's something you gain over years and years. But you don't necessarily have to be married. It's just mm-hmm. a love that can develop over long periods of time. Also
0: known as pragma, right? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So, phylatia mm-hmm. is self-love. So you know what that's about.
0: <laughs> okay, sir.
1: Get your mind out of the gutter, people.
0: <laughs> it's self-empowerment, you must mean.
1: I don't know what the Greeks meant.
0: Just, it's open to interpretation.
1: It's self-love though, (laughs) we all have that.
0: Okay, so now that we've fully talked about what is love and the different types of love, uh, is there in fact only one person for you out there in this universe? And that I think is an age-old question that has been asked and tormented probably a lot of people. But I wanna at Woken Free, we wanna give you the, the information you need to, to have clarity in your life. And in this 2016 glamour article by Gary W. Lewonski Jr., he's a doctor, he's a professor and chair of the Department of Psychology at Mount Month University and the founder of StayGo App says that thinking your partner is your soulmate can create pressure because it can make conflicts between you and your partner seem more problematic. After all, if your partner is the one for you, you may expect your relationship to be easy and worry-free with minimal conflict. And he says, you know, however, when the relationship inevitably fails to unfold that way, the fact that the relationship wasn't perfect is an even bigger issue. He adds that ultimately those who believe in the one are less willing to work through problems and deal with conflict. They're more likely to end things, initiate a breakup for instance, when things are going poorly. Rather than putting in the effort to work through those issues, they tend to look ahead to finding another partner who may be actually be their quote unquote soulmate being that I'm sitting next to you my love uh, <laughs> and my other half. I I think it's I think it's a romantic notion. I think if, if you go on to wokenfree.com you you can also access this article and you can read more about what the doctor's saying. I think it's romantic to think that you live your life and you only find one person, but I do see what the the commentary or the the points that he's making because if there is in fact only one person then it it does create a sense of I can't fail or this can only work and it has to work this one way. And as we know, life is not really like that. But what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think he definitely makes a point. And there's people that try to force this kind of love between another when it's definitely not working out. And they think that they're the one. So they have that wrong notion that this has to work. Mm -hmm. So that could be a problem. But, you know, personally, I really do think that the people can have just the perfect one Mm. i think there's one person that you can really have the pragma love remember the long-standing type Mm -hmm. i only to me there's only one person that can have that type of love Mm. i don't think you can have that type of love with more than one person i mean it seems how do you have a long-standing love with 30 people to me there's there's truly one out there that's destined to have that Mm-hmm. I don't believe in destiny, but I'm using that <laughs> word. <laughs> uh, yeah, I shouldn't even use that word. But mm-hmm. I think there's there's somebody out there that is your soulmate, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a deep, mature love for someone, how is it possible to develop, with, develop that with others? Mm-hmm. I know I found my one and only soulmate sitting right next to me.
0: You see what he's trying to do, guys. <laughs> okay. But,
1: sir. you know, but but the key is don't expect just because you found your soulmate don't expect it to be conflict and worry free Mm -hmm. i mean that's Mm -hmm. not gonna happen you're gonna have tension you're gonna have to figure things out in our culture there's this notion that being in a relationship is simple Mm -hmm. it's as easy as one two three breathe (laughs) yeah no not really it takes compromises and sacrifice to really make it work not just labeling someone as your one and only
0: very true very true okay so now what are some of the benchmarks to know if you have found the one right if if we if we say okay there is only one person out there how do you know? So I came across this Bustle article written by B.B. Dietz, and she actually shared there are 11 signs to look for, for knowing that you found someone for the long haul. And I really liked her tips. Uh, I, some of them that stood out to me was the fact that she said, you like the person you are when you're when your partner is near, or you're at peace with who you are when they're, when they're with you, or you know they'll be there no matter what, right? That ride or die solidarity also this feels different from everything that has come before or you've been dating for so long now that you know either one way or the other i think that those are definitely great tips what about you
1: yeah those tips listed are definitely good but i'd actually subtract the one about this feeling different than everything else that Mm -hmm. came before Mm -hmm. because i think many relationships can be different than the previous ones Mm -hmm. it's not a good litmus test in other words it's not a good measuring stick for you to find your soulmate just because this relationship was different than the other that's true i mean that to me that's not a sign
0: i guess maybe more in a substantial way so for instance like this isn't our love story but say we were in a different scenario where we had both been dating for seven to ten years before we met each other and we've had I don't know. I mean, you're you're Mr. You, so who knows how many relationships you would have had. But for me, you know, I think that, you know, say someone has five relationships, right? And then they're, they're on their sixth relationship. I think that commentary is mo- speaking to the fact that in all of that person's five previous relationships, they never found someone who really supported their job or who really supported their t- passion for travel. And they finally have found that in addition to all these other traits that person has, that could be a good indicator like, wow, this person really is matching what I need. And I think that, that that's, I think, what she was speaking to, at least.
1: Okay, all right. So th- that can make sense, then. Mm-hmm. Like, they found not just something different, but something that they hadn't had before that mm-hmm. they kind of, you know, like, yearned for. Yes,
0: exactly, exactly. Okay,
1: all right. So I also, yeah, there were some additional tips that I'd add, mm-hmm. personally. So this person should push you to be the best you Mm. this person shouldn't try to fundamentally change your personality (laughs) and kind of most importantly this person is single
0: oh jesus
1: not involved (laughs) in another relationship (laughs) and emotionally unavailable
0: so true absolutely we gotta have heart mind and soul ready and willing and able to jump into this relationship so so true okay so here's a funny uh, question i think you had Yeah,
1: So, another another question is, where not to look for the one? Mm -hmm. So, to me, this is easy. Number one is Tinder. Ouch. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Mm. Okay. Second is a bar. The bar is not the best place to get to know somebody, Mm because most people are kind of acting funny. I don't want to say they're all under the influence, but Mm -hmm. they probably are. Very true. So, the third place, I mean... (laughs) this you should already know but the motel room is not where you want to meet somebody because you know that person you're meeting there probably is going to only have a professional relationship with you that's where you get your arrows from that's about it
0: Ah, that's a good one okay Uh, I would add to that list by saying the club. I know y'all want to, you know, everyone wants to have a good time and let loose and go dance. I love to dance, right? But most likely that dancing fool (laughs) is not going to be the one. Oh, Uh, come on. (laughs) That's I'm unfair. Saying. I mean, listen, for anyone who's found that long-standing love at the club, holler at wokenfree.com. Hit us up on the contact page cuz I really doubt that that's really a prominent place to find
1: the one. Maybe it's not prominent, but it might be possible though. Yeah, 1% sure.
0: Also, uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit before, but even if you happen to be in that happy state, uh, but you're not at a bar, you know, if you're in that happy state and some other type of light part of your life, maybe you're at an event or whatever, and you're totally inebriated and out of your mind, I don't know if that, like, meeting that person (laughs) in that state is going to be very fruitful for you in the future, so... Things to keep in mind, for sure.
1: Yeah, you probably shouldn't be lit. <laughs> you, you know, know for <laughs> Probably sure. not.
0: Okay. So now what I think would be interesting to talk about uh, is, is another thing that you had. I think you raised to me earlier and we said, oh, we got to talk about this.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. So even when you find the one, how do you hold on to that love?
0: Mm-hmm. Creating
1: love is just as important as finding it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So... To me, I think about this Bobby Caldwell song, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What You Won't Do For Love. Mm -hmm. Check out that. It has some good lyrics in there. You need to be willing to make sacrifices and compromises. I I touched on that a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. That is very helpful. (laughs) It can't always be my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. You need to also make sure to spend quality time with your partner. Mm -hmm. Just you two, though. Not friends, not family, Mm -hmm. not kids. Just you two. Not these joint dates where you got eight other couples and... You don't really get to just talk with your partner and get mm-hmm. get to know some things about them and find out how they're feeling. You know, you need that time mm-hmm. between just you and your partner. It's, it's really critical to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It helps so you don't grow apart.
0: Very true. Okay. And I think I would add to that, and it's pretty much you touched on it a little bit earlier, which is in a relationship, it's not about finding the exact person that's going to match you, but it's also about finding the jointness between you two where you guys kind of make this beautiful place together with your personalities and your different traits. But also, both of you have to come to the party willing to work it out. What do I mean by that? You have to work out your differences. Maybe one's Democratic and the other is Republican. God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you have different belief systems. Maybe someone is Christian and another person is not make it work (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: maybe you have different ways of dealing with life you cannot just say well I never cry and if you cry I don't know what to say or do with you that's not an appropriate way of dealing with your partner work it out you have to have a venn diagram literally <laughs> with your partner and that that happy inner space is where where you find that long-lasting love because you're willing to come and try to understand someone from another perspective because this is supposed to be your one and only and who, who else are you going to do this with other than that person and also not for nothing, but you have to be willing to work it out to also stand the test of time. I think if you're willing to work it out for ten minutes or twenty, you know, days, that's not enough time. Some some issues you deal with, it takes months and years to really get through. So are you willing to put in the work?
1: Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what so what's so a what's a scenario? Okay, cool. It's <laughs> scenario time, guys. We're going to go over a couple of scenarios. (laughs) And what these are, what we're trying to do with these scenarios is give you examples of what are red flags for who is not the one. Mm. So, for the first scenario, your good friends tell you that they know someone that's single and they'd be the perfect match for you. Do you go on a date with that person? What do you think?
0: Okay, so there's a couple of things there. Uh, I would say, I'm scared about that language perfect match. Uh, <laughs> does your friend really know you well enough to make that claim? Uh, also, is this person that they're, they're, they wanna hook you up with, are they on Facebook, are they on LinkedIn? Can you do some uh, some due diligence and do your homework and start to figure out this person before you agree to who knows what and where? Uh, but generally I would say, you if if you're open-minded and the person seems interesting enough you should try it but if you know in your spirit that you are not open to it don't do it and then have a bad date and then say oh that's why i don't do blind dates that's not cute and that's not effective
1: <laughs> yeah and i'd like to throw in another interesting point that a co-worker brought up with me is that what if you go on this date with the person and it doesn't work out mm-hmm. like does your original friend who set up this match is that gonna like make them feel a certain way because mm. now you can't see this friend that they recommended. True. So th- that's one other thing that can pop up is, you know, it can cause some bad vibes between, you know, you and your original friend that made the recommendation.
0: True. It's kind of like what they say about not, um, doing some interesting stuff where you eat. If you get my drift.
1: Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking.
0: Okay. Gotcha.
1: Don't sneeze where you eat.
0: Yeah, so Let's go with that option. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So the second scenario is Mm -hmm. you're dating a person for two years, the longest you've ever been in a relationship. Mm. The person also has been very secretive lately about not wanting you to see their phone. Should you confront this person or just let him or her have their privacy?
0: Ooh, interesting. Okay. So I would want to know what also, what are other things that have been happening in that person's life? Have they been having a hard time at work? Have they gotten some new friends? Are they having any challenges with their family? Uh, Have you found them also behaving in other ways that are different? Are they less intimate with you? Are they less comfortable with you? Do they want to have date night? But I would say this this definitely would be a red flag, but the best way to handle a confrontation is to take it on, head on. None of this passive aggressive, oh, I don't know. Do they still love me? Ask them. (laughs) Get to the core of it.
1: Yeah, you got to just be like a like a brick and just you know mess stuff up (laughs) you gotta (laughs) gotta be willing to get your hands dirty and confrontation will help in the end Mm -mm. so my last scenario i'd like to bring up is you frequently encounter the same person at the train terminal every day you casually say hi every time until one day you get the courage to ask them out on a date Mm -hmm. while trying to plan the date they mention that they have kids Hmm. you're looking for a serious relationship possibly someone that you will marry Do you make an excuse not to meet up after hearing about their kids
0: Ooh, that's an interesting question so it's gonna come down to whether or not you are open to that type of relationship if stating someone or being with someone in a substantial way who has kids outside of your relationship if that's a deal breaker for you then no then you don't do it Uh, you have to kind of get out of the date unfortunately Uh, however I would say that what what i think i mentioned in the last episode before we even get to the the date the dating question and putting yourself out there did you ask critical questions Uh, if you're saying hi to this person all the time then it's pretty easy to determine whether or not they have kids or not so uh shame on the person for not knowing that and then being like oh wow well now you have this whole other decision that could have been made before you got to that point
1: well what would you think would be the telltale signs of the person having kids I mean you just say hi you might say man it's a hot one today or how about them Yankees you know you don't how do you what really shows that they have kids I mean they they might not get on the phone and say Mm -hmm. hey is Jamie feeling all right they might not bring up any of their kids while on the commute you might not sit next to this person you just notice them and you say hi so you don't you have quick chat with them but you don't know too much about their personal life
0: Okay, well, I would say that if you're thinking about asking, I mean, for I I would say from my perspective, if you're thinking about asking someone on a date, then I'd want to know that person to a somewhat good degree before getting to that question. And so Simple things. What are you doing for the weekend? Or ooh, it's a holiday thing. Maybe you're saying, are you hanging out with family, friends? Who's in the mix? And 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 then the person who typically, who is a parent, brings their kid up. Also, not for nothing, most parents keep their kids on their like, uh their like their home screen or their phone and stuff like that. So you have to
1: be a secret agent that's checking their phone now.
0: Listen, I mean, born identity. It's good and for intel. Like we should all be living our lives
1: this way. You peek over their shoulder randomly. And say oh oh <laughs> fancy seeing you there I
0: don't know I mean I, I would say automatically if you if you aren't if you aren't opposed to the idea then don't don't exit out right I think you don't know what you don't know in life and you should give it a go if that if you're open to it. but if you're not, then don't disappoint people and don't waste people's times.
1: Okay all right
0: mm-hmm. okay well it looks like we are at that time again we have had quite a bit of laughter and, Hopefully, not too much offense (laughs) for
1: people. Well, it happens.
0: (laughs) Yes, it does happen, Uh, especially during our fifth episode of Woke Woke and and Free. free. And uh, it was quite the episode talking about finding the wine. And as per usual, I like to ask the question Will I leave you hanging for knowing what our next episode will be about? Drum roll, please.
1: On our next episode, we will be talking about identifying if we are slaves to brands. <laughs> it's very intriguing, right, guys?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so you know what you got to do. You got to tune in every week for Woken Free Wednesdays for our new episode.
0: And if you want to be a guest on our show, if you want to submit a topic for an upcoming episode, or just share how you feel about what we've talked about or what we're going to be talking about, hit us up on our contact us page at wokenfree.com. And again, We are active on social media, man. you got to hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all that. And you will find us.
1: If you didn't already subscribe, please do. Share the episode. Like my wife said, go on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Make some comments. Let us know if we're not saying things that you want to have said. We'll do that. Just make sure you come back to join the conversation every Wednesday for Woken Free Wednesdays. Until next time.